Thank you for listening to A Football Journey presented by Gran Leyenda Tequila. I am your host, Fidel Barraza, and my guest tonight is one of the most notorious fans in pro football, and he will be inducted into the Ford Hall of Fans in August. Wayne Violator Mabry, how you doing? Doing great, Fidel. How about yourself, man? Hey, doing great. I appreciate your time. Always a pleasure, man. When we're talking football and Raiders, you got my attention. Yes, sir. All right, let's go and get started. Let's talk about the name Violator. How did that come about? Well, that's been one of my, what I call my kindred spirit that I've had since a child. But, you know, as a kid, you feel a certain way, but you don't know how to really describe it or how, how to even name it. Um, so when the name came to me, I was in LA in the Coliseum attending Raider games when I'm thinking this is an this is an attitude. So the name Violator is an attitude that's geared toward knocking everything down on the offensive side of the ball. A lot of Raider fans would say that Violator is the leader for the Silver and Black fan base. Wow, man, God is good. But look, here's here's how I look at myself, my character, what I'm doing. I'm just an ambassador trying to set the example. And if you can inspire others through your works, enough said. What does being a Raider fan mean to you? It's, for, for me personally, there couldn't have been a better team for me to fall in love with. And the shield, if you can see behind me, that was it. You know, that just captured my imagination. I was always into uh, knights and armor and swords, all that kind of medieval stuff, still am. But it just registered to me as a young kid. I was about 12 years old. And this was just right up my alley. The colors, silver and black, that's nice to me. So it was a match made in heaven. And I just feel like today I can say I was born to do this. What's one of the best memories you have of, you know, the Raider games you've been to either in Los Angeles or Oakland? Man, you could even put all those memories uh, while in a time capsule, but I'm gonna pull out the one that registers most with me. And that's uh, the AFC championship game against the Tennessee Titans. And the reason being, I had intended on watching that game at home. I didn't have tickets. I couldn't afford the tickets at that time. Uh, my wife and I were just uh, kind of kicking back and we got a phone call from the Raiders front office telling me to get a flight, get my ass up there. I've got two tickets for you at will call. And I'm like, you gotta be kidding me. This is like around 7 a.m. on a Sunday morning. Yeah. So the only, only place we could fly out and get to Oakland in time was at uh, John Wayne Airport. So I get in all my battle gear, you know, go through the whole transformation as quickly as possible. And uh, we drive to John Wayne Airport, walk into the, uh, you know, Southwest terminal. It went quiet. It, I could hear the silence, you know, you hear the noise of people talking, everybody's excited, and all of a sudden it gets quiet. So now by the time 
that happened, we're in line. And I'm just trying to be as inconspicuous as possible, you know, because I'm all made up and I'm geeked up because I'm going to the championship game. And I'm trying to hold that excitement until I get to, to land in Oakland. And uh, so it was some elderly women in front of us who kept looking back like, what the hell is that behind us? And uh, funny as it happened, a security guard came and tapped me on the shoulder, pulled me out of line, which of course started a whole hysteria. Like, who is this guy and why are they taking him up the elevator? They took me up the elevator to do that full body cavity search that they go through. And, you know, I enjoyed it because I'm not focused on getting to the game. I didn't care. Whatever you do, just get me on the flight. So in turn, while they were going through that security check, the, the guy that took me up there, a voice came over his shoulder radio saying, when you finish with him, that passenger, get him on the plane and hide him. <laughs> I'm like, and hide? He, and he's laughing the whole way to the plane. He says, well, we can take you all the way to the back and you stand here behind the petition where they arrange the food and the drinks. So that's what I had to do to everybody got on the flight. If they had saw me anywhere else, they weren't going to get on the flight, they were saying. That's a, that's a great story. Tell me about, like, how long does it take to, for you to do the makeup and put the, you know, the spikes on and all that? Tell Give me a run through of what the weekend looks like for you when you go to a Raiders home game. Wow, you, a weekend. It starts a week right after the last game. All of that planning starts all over. Uh, from making sure, you know, the vehicle, if we're driving, make sure that's ready to go. And uh, making sure all the equipment is functional and ready to go, everything polished and shined up. But the whole part with transformation is about two hours. And so it's not like I'm just, I just grab my cap, throw a jersey on, you know, wash my face. Hey, I'm going to the game. Now nah, it's quite different. And when I used to drive in full gear, I would leave my home here in Marino Valley at about 2.30 in the morning to get there when the gates open. And uh, that got to be a little bit cumbersome over the years. You know, you're talking a spell of, 18, 20 years of that kind of wears the body out because I was leave the game and come right back to work at 6 a.m. the following Monday. Never took a day off, never missed a day from, from, you know, because of going to the game. So we got smarter as we got older and we said, let's, let's go up and make a whole weekend of it, which costs more money, but you're more relaxed. You can, you can fellowship with people that I know, you know, in, in Northern California. So that was always a treat, you know, breaking bread and just talking about the journey itself. So that's what we did for the last, probably last 10 years, you know, we've done that, that routine. So that last game there was just like bittersweet in so many ways. And you and I were there talking about that. Yeah. And just for me to hold back the emotions was just, it was tremendous, man. Like, I just call it an end of an era. Now we're going forward into this new era, and it's a wide open frontier as far as I'm looking at it. Yeah, so your Monday through Friday job, I mean, for, you know, people watching and listening, what, what is it they exactly do when you're uh, not in, in full gear with, with the Raider Nation? I swung a hammer as a union carpenter for 36 years. Wow, that's incredible. 
All right. So, I mean, you know, we, we talked at the last uh, home Raider game in Oakland against the Jags, obviously, you know, it didn't, you know, end up the way we wanted it to, but uh, tell me about your last experience in, and, you know, in that game in Oakland, what was that like to you? Well, the fellowship in the parking lot is almost better than the game itself, but here's how it went. It was like, we were at a, uh, say a wedding reception or a celebration or family reunion. And then we go inside and at the end of the day, it felt like we were at a wake. And that was my emotion. Goes from the highs of the highs outside to the lowest of the lows, the way that game was just, like I say, it was given away. But that's yeah. just my opinion. Yeah, no, uh, I mean, I 100% agree with you. I mean, the atmosphere was tremendous in the last home game especially before kickoff in the parking lot with everyone, you know, just having a good time and talking about the old memories at the Coliseum. So yeah, good times. And you, and you think of all those fans that came from around the world, they had one last shot to witness what happens at the O. They were so excited. It was, it was, and that's what got me more pumped up than I usually am just talking with them and they had been planning for this. And once it was official, they had to make, and they came here for a week, not just for the weekend, and made a vacation around that. So you're talking about, it's not just a game, Fidel, it's an event. So we call that church in the parking lot on Sunday. It really is. All right. Well, since the team's out no longer in Oakland, they're now in Vegas. Obviously, they played their first season last year. Let me just get your thoughts on the team being in Vegas now. Me, personally, it took a while to let that sink in. And... You know, I've been told by security there in Oakland for a good 15, 20 years that uh, this is a business. Yeah, I knew that, but I don't want to hear that from you on Sunday about the business. We're here for the war on the field, and that's what I still call a game. It's war. You can call it whatever, entertainment, and that's a word that started to seep out at me. This is all entertainment. I'm thinking, you tell the average blue-collar fan who spends a third of his earnings to support this, that is just entertainment. Well, it took me a while for that to sink in, but I got it now. And the thing is, it still doesn't take away from that, that, that passion, that burn, that fire that you get on Sundays, Mondays, Thursdays, Wednesdays now, with you know, way the way the schedules goes now. It takes nothing away from that. It's still the same. So this past season, having to watch it from home felt like me have an appointment with my therapist, not having a car to get there or a phone to even call and hear them give me that treatment. That's the way this past year was. But we got to see football and it was great. Uh, looking forward to 2021, putting some DNA of ours in the Death Star. We're going to, you know, that's how you break your house in. It's going to be a real homecoming whenever that day happens. Yeah, hopefully, uh, you know, this pandemic kind of dies down and we're able to see Raider home games in Vegas. Will you be attending? I will be there in some kind of capacity. I'm not a season ticket holder after 37 years. So that's another part that you have to adjust to emotionally, mentally. I, I just can't afford it being retired. So, but something's going to open up and I will be there in some kind of capacity. Perfect. All right. I want to talk to you about being inducted into the Ford Hall of Fans. Tell me about your experience. Obviously, we saw how, uh, Howie Long go to your home and, you know, let you know that you were going to be inducted in August. 
So just tell us about that experience. Just that instance right there. You can't, as a fan, you could fantasize about that, but when it's actually happening, it's it's surreal. Um, and the whole setup was was perfect, the way it was pulled off. You know, I'm doing an interview at my house with Fox, you know, and he's in on it from, from the get-go, but I don't have a clue. I was reluctant to even enter the contest, you know, because I thought it was more political than that actual given, uh, what do you call it, accolades for someone's work done over a, a, a span of time. That's the way I look at fandom. Uh, I use the phrase stump in the yard all the time. You've got to stump the yard to earn these stripes. Nobody's just going to pass that out to you. So that started me looking back at my 29-year career, and it kind of like came full circle. You know, I remember Howie, before he had kids, when he was a rookie, pretty much a rookie, when Al Zato had him under his wing, and uh, he was one of the first players that told me to keep doing what I was doing because the league hadn't seen something as bizarre as that, and that the media would eat that up in a few years. So... You know, for him to give me that first knock on the door in a gold jacket, man, any football fan knows this is this is happening and this is real. So I just kind of like, wow, dude. And to have him sit and chat with me at my house, those are memories you take to the grave. Let's talk about Coach Flores. Finally, after so many years being inducted into the Hall of Fame, let me get your thoughts on that. Dude, I'm so happy. Look, I'm going to call it my friend. That's my brother. Because all, all the OG players to me are my brothers. Uh, and, and knowing him personally and how humble he is, like he said, his life is complete now. He has been passed over, in my estimation, far too long. And just his accomplishments alone, forget what he does off the field, his accomplishment on the field and as a coach and me watching that happen, brother, well-deserved. I can't wait to uh, get that photo with him and Ken and uh, say congratulations to him in person. Well-deserved. And we're going to actually have a trio. Charles Woodson also will be inducted into the Hall of Fame in August as well. I call it the Raiders trifecta. As soon as I found out from David Baker, I dubbed it Raiders trifecta because we may not ever see that in our lifetime. Yeah, and hopefully I'm able to make it there to Kenton in August. Let's talk a little bit about your book, The Walk. Tell us about the book and how, how it came about. Well, you know, I, I, I've been getting suggestions about, why don't you write a book, man? Your life is kind of like different than the average person. Well, I never looked at it that way. I'm just an average guy that had dreams. So it took me about a year and you can see it's, it's, it's out, it's available. So hit me up social media if you want to get it. I'll send you all that info. But it took me about a year. So basically the 2019 season, I started putting my thoughts down and, and going back to my childhood in Mississippi, kind of how the whole thing started when I saw this shield on TV. And uh, like I said, the rest is history, man. I've been living a fan's dream since that day that I made that decision. I'm going to be close to where this team is. So in the book, it's all inspiration. It's just going through my ups and downs, but never losing focus on where I'm trying to get to and what I wanted to do. Never intended to be dressing up. 
that's a whole nother part of the story. Um, but they brought that out and now you can never put that back until they put the dirt on me for one last time. Well, let's talk about how, you know, the dressing mug came about, not to give out, you know, information on the book, but just that part. If you can just talk a little bit about that. Well, I was, uh, you know, I always had that energy on game day. Didn't want to sit down. I don't even need a seat. Just give me somewhere to stand. Because in the South, that's the way it was. You stood. We didn't need, we didn't use seats, you know. And uh, so where I was in the Coliseum was like right behind the bench, probably six rows up. So they could hear me very well. You know, I project that game day because I'm feeling like I'm a warrior on the field with them, even though I'm on in the stands. So there were a few celebrities who always would always ask me, like, why don't you ever sit down? And you're always yelling. I'm like, it would be nice if you would get up and help me yell, you know. <laughs> but, you know, being the celebrities, I'm a blue-collar guy. Celebrities are like, I got an image to uphold. When you had a football game, the hell with an image. The image is we're rooting this team to victory. So that just prompted me to see that was in 1990. So that all season, me and a few friends of ours, we said, well, we're going to bring some vision in here to get these people off their asses. And, uh, and to show them that intensity that we felt game day should have, especially with this team, with that sword and that pirate right there. Come on. And like I say, the rest is history, man. When I came, once I got through security the first time out, uh, it was on. You know, in the parking lot, people wouldn't even let their kids come near us. So that was kind of weird. Like, wow, why would you keep the kids away? It's not about harming the kids, you know, but they had never seen that kind of a look at an event. So, and like I say, even security gave us a, a hard time getting in, but we got in and that's all we needed. So I remember walking down to our, our area, I won't call it our seats, to the area where we stood and uh, NFL Films called me over all the way down. He was changing films and he looked up and he just started beckoning at me to come to him. I'm like, who is this guy talking to? Somebody, <laughs> he, he, he's looking, for, he yeah. made eye contact. I'm talking to you, come down here. So I go down to the wall and he's like, where are you sitting? I'm like, I stand right over there. He says, okay, we got to get some, some uh, footage of that. That's unique. Now, mind you, it wasn't like what you guys know now. I had a half of a shoulder pad that I split with a buddy of mine. So I had a belt onto that to hold it on me so it wouldn't fall off. And, you know, my silk scarf, which was, you know, pirates and silk that flows in the wind, you know. Yeah. And the war paint, which was a two-finger job back, back in the day. You know, now I use brushes and all this apparatus because as an artist, that's expressing my talent. And, uh, but, but back in the day, it was just like, let's go Rambo style, put it on, and let's get inside and raise hell. So it's been a great journey, man. Uh, just the players that I've got to meet, that's almost surreal in itself because you see those guys as demigods on, on TV, but when you meet them in person and you guys exchange that energy, you can't beat that anywhere, man. So those relationships and those friendships that I've formed with those guys over the years, that's a bond for life. Let, let's talk about the Raiders 2020 season. Obviously, they're in the way that, you know, all Raider fans, you know, wanted it to end. They started off six and three. 
Um, you know, beat Kansas City and was one of the only teams to beat the Chiefs with the full roster. Um, let me just get your thoughts on the season overall. Well, how can I sum this up? Um, disappointed as my standards, or I'll say the fan base's standards of what that shield means to us, that was below our standards. And I always spread the word to never lower the standards that we hold these, this team to because we know with the talent that's been amassed, we can do it. But football, like all group sports, is about chemistry. Football especially, you got 11 guys at one time trying to execute one particular play and dominate the other guys. That's 11 guys pitted against you to shut everything down that you're trying to throw at them. That's the beauty of the game itself. So for me to end up eight and eight after that great start, it's like the question for me is what happened? Yeah, that's, that's what a lot of people are asking, too. But looking forward to the 2021 season, what do you think the Raiders need to do to, you know, get into the playoffs? We got to uh, address our defensive side of the ball. Uh, as a defensive player myself, I'm looking at that, and I don't see any alpha dogs really uh, bringing the troops in. Now, that's a young squad, but we had a mixture of young and old, but the chemistry – was just never was just wasn't jail like it should be and once we see that again you'll see that dominating defense like we saw back in the 70s and 80s all right Wayne well just want to say thank you appreciate your time and uh, hopefully catch up with you down the road well God willing brother we'll see eye to eye again and we'll break bread and have a drink and go and root that Raiders on to victory brother all right, sounds good. Thank you so much, Wayne. My pleasure.